thing is, when you know who you are, you also know who you aren't. Yes. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a child of God, I am not lustful. I am not this sinner. I am not this dirty rag. But -hmm. instead, I am identified by the righteousness of God. And I'm going to act like it. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Iron Wifey podcast, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another day, another week, another episode, and another opportunity to walk in the Lord's will for our lives. Now, you guys, this confidence series is it. It's it. These guests have been fire from Rachel Luna to today's guest. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Uh, but before we dive in, I just want to check in with you. You guys good? How, how are you feeling? Have you been able to strengthen your confidence? Have you applied the word of God to your life as we talked about in the first episode of the season? You know, what was that? Um, define what confidence is. Find the word in the Bible that aligns with where you lack confidence and then confide in Christ. Have you guys activated your confidence? Because confidence activated, I'm telling you guys, it's going to be fire. What Rachel is doing is amazing. And I just want to check in and see where your journey with confidence is. Because I feel like this series is not only blessing me, it has to be blessed you because I know that if you are listening, you are just here because the Lord is allowing you to receive the same word, the same download, the same boost in your confidence. Now, as we continue this Confidence in Christ series, as we continue to build our our confidence, I want to bring you guys an amazing author who I am just in awe of what the Lord is doing in her life. Now, A little backstory. I have been following this lady for years, (laughs) for years. Um, Back when I was in college and I was truly, you know, like building up my confidence. We have similar stories when it comes to our, our marriage journey. We have similar stories when it comes to our ministry journey. And honestly, she just wrote a book that is a complete game changer. Now, before I bring up our guest, Amanda Pittman. Yes, Amanda. Um, Amanda Pittman, I want to read her official bio so that you guys can understand who she is, what she's doing in the in the kingdom, in this world, and how she is going to benefit your life. So let me go ahead and pull up her official bio. Now, for those of you who do not know, Amanda Pittman is a wife, a mother, an author, a speaker, a businesswoman, and a ministry leader. As the founder of Confident Woman Co., a ministry that equips women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus, Amanda's mission is to help women establish their confidence in Christ because she believes Christian women should be the most confident women in the world. And I stand with her on that belief, right? I'm right here with her. Now, through Confident Woman Co., Amanda hosts retreats, conferences, online events, podcasts, videos, and more. And she's the author of four books, including, including, let me grab it, her most recent book, Stand in Confidence. And when I tell you the dog ears, the the notes that I have been taking from this book, like I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I am so excited for you guys to hear from Amanda. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you guys, Amanda Pittman. Welcome to the Iron Wifey podcast, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me, Michaela. I have been looking forward to this. I am so excited for you to be here. I 
I think I I told the I told you this before we even started recording, but I just want to let you know that girl, this book, this book is a game changer, a game changer. When I, I tell it. you that the Lord has blessed me through this book, and I'm not even gonna lie to you, I'm only halfway through. That's the crazy wow. part. When your publisher sent it to me, I was like, okay, let me just go ahead and dive in, prepare for this interview. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that your book, Standing Confidence, is not just a reader, but a guide. Like you it tangibly mm -hmm. allow and walk people through how to define their confidence, develop their confidence, restore their confidence, and renew mm -hmm. their confidence, not mm -hmm. only in Christ, but in themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you're picking up that it is a guide because it didn't start out that way. Uh, the mm -hmm. first manuscript that I turned in um, was very theoretical, um, okay. not theoretical, but more so heady. So I have this mentality that life change happens because of our beliefs. And if we can renew our mind and renew our beliefs, then our behavior will follow, which is mm -hmm. true. That is mm -hmm. very true. However, I can't, um, I can't assume that people will pick up on that. And so my um, editor was like, okay, Amanda, this is the what and the why, but you're not giving them the how. Um, mm -hmm. And after, after I got that feedback, it really changed the book from something that was conceptual to something that's quite practical. Mm -hmm. um, and I, really love the change that was made um, because that's when, because I have always, not always, but ever since last year, I nailed down the four components of confidence and um, which is what the book is founded upon, like these mm -hmm. four components that build your confidence. And, um, but for some reason, I didn't think to structure my book that way or to even mention it in my book. Um, but after that shift, it became everything that it was supposed to be. So I'm glad that you said that. Um, and I, I praise God for editors. Oh, yes. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, but yes, I praise the Lord for your obedience. Now, I want to start with you. Tell the people about yourself so that they can know how you develop this genius masterpiece, Standing Confidence, but also how you are out here literally encouraging other women to be confident through Confident Woman Co., yeah. So um, I currently live near Dallas, Texas with my husband, Michael, um, and my two kids, Elijah and Lily. And we're entrepreneurs. Uh, my husband owns a business called Simple Money Academy. Okay. And I lead Confident Woman Co., a ministry that equips women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. And uh, I'm also an author, speaker, podcaster, content creator, you know, the like. Mm -hmm. And um, I never envisioned this for my life. This was not uh, the plan that I set out for myself. My plan for my life was to become a professional flutist mm -hmm. and a major symphony orchestra. Um, but whenever I rededicated my life to God, he changed my life in such a major way that I, I couldn't go down that path anymore. But yeah, that was my plan for my life. And I had placed so much of my identity, worth, value, and significance in a lot of different places. Uh, one of those places was my performance as a musician um, mm. because I was, I had gotten so used to being the best. You know, I was always mm -hmm. first chair, uh, would consistently win competitions, you know, went on to state, uh, you know, being the top bands. I, I was so used to winning. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
my love for music was secondary, but my love for winning, my love for being the best was primary. Mm-hmm. And that was the primary thing that was driving me. And I realized once I got to college and, you know, whenever I rededicated my life to Christ and he reoriented me that I had placed so much of my worth, value, significance in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord needed to strip me of that in a real mm-hmm. way. I needed to, I needed to be humbled. Um, and I'm really grateful uh, that he did that for me. Uh, another place that I, I put my identity in was in my relationships. Um, I really had trouble in school with finding my place to belong, okay. finding my place to fit. Mm-hmm. I struggled making friendships with women. And if I did, it seemed as if they wouldn't last. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be like the other girls and be significant and have value, then I'm going to get a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, in that, I don't think that I ever chose a relationship based on my own desires for what I wanted. I only got in relationships based on those who wanted me. Mm-hmm. And okay, I think I wanted to be wanted. And that gave me a sense of value, worth, and significance. And um, I ended up getting into a really damaging toxic relationships toward the end of high school and then beginning of college that completely destroyed my confidence so much. I, I had my brain had been rewired. First mm-hmm. of all, I grew up in a Christian household and I, it wasn't one of those testimonies where I was like, oh, I didn't know the Lord. No, I knew the Lord. <laughs> I had a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. I heard his voice from a young age. Like mm-hmm. I understood the gospel, never was preached some false doctrine. It's always been genuine um, from a young age. However, it was the people that I was connected to Mm. and the pain that I experienced that pulled me away from God. And so this relationship had destroyed my confidence so much because it rewrote this this narrative in my mind, not not this, you know, my worth is in Christ, my value is in Christ, but more Mm -hmm. so your worth and your value is tied to uh, your sexuality. It's tied mm-hmm. to your beauty. It's tied to your body. It's tied to how much you can contort yourself to be somebody else's perfect girlfriend. Um, and so, yeah, I had just placed my value and significant significance in, in a lot of these different areas. And the more I placed them there, the harder I went, the more insecure I felt. Mm. It felt like sinking sand. The way I describe it is like a bucket and there are holes at the bottom of the bucket. And no matter how much love, validation, good experiences were poured in, it would inevitably seep out. It was never enough. And I was never enough. Um, and so, yeah, I the Lord took me on a journey of establishing my confidence in him after I left that relationship, after I rededicated my life to him. Um, and that's what brought me here today. I know there are a lot of steps in between there, um, but I've uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause there because that's the main idea. I love it. Now, before you wrote this book, you had already established Confident Woman Co. Like you had already established this ministry. You had mm-hmm. you were 
you relieved yourself of that toxic relationship. You Mm -hmm. ended up meeting the love of your life. You guys got married, which is crazy. We have similar stories. You were married at 20. I was also married at 20 um, before I graduated college. I just, I remember like going to school junior year and I had this class and then I went to school senior year as the same class. And they were like, what'd you do this summer? And I'm like, oh, I got married. And they're like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. I definitely got married in the summer too. So I, I can relate very similar story. Yes. So you got married young, you mm-hmm. um, started your entrepreneurship journey, and you went into ministry for yourself and started the Confident Woman Co. But you talk about in the book how even though you were out here encouraging other women to be confident, you still struggled internally with your confidence. Mm-hmm. And it really took that deep dive with Christ. What mm-hmm. was the pivot point or what was the shift in mm-hmm. your life that allowed you to really become transparent and honest with yourself and say, Hey, Mm. enough is enough. Now Mm. it's time for me to walk in what I'm teaching other people. Mm. I would say that I have always taught to the degree at which I had been set free and delivered. Mm. And so while I've always had more steps to take and in the same regard, even now, uh, there's further that I could go. Um, I've always just kind of been a couple steps ahead and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with other women what I wish I knew a year ago, six months ago. Um, so I would say that, however, there have been some key moments in my life where I've just come to the end of myself and um, there have been some major moments in my life where something has broken off of me. Mm. Um, one of those times, I guess, post-Confident Woman Co. Um, in 2020 was, um, it's just a very challenging year for me. It was a very challenging year for me. Um, yes, a very challenging year. I'll just say that. And I was uh, leaving a church that I was a part of. And I was also having some friendship fallouts, if I'm being fully transparent, having some friendship fallouts. And um, it was so painful because I no longer trusted what God said about me. Mm. I started to internalize so many other voices. I started to internalize what everyone else was saying about me, what people on the internet are saying about me, what, you know, people who don't like me are saying about me. Mm -hmm. And I remember just kind of hitting a rock bottom in that year. Um, And I was living in Atlanta during the time and uh, someone, her name is Tiffany, actually reached out to me on Instagram. And she was like, hey, Amanda, um, if you need anything, let me know, you know, because I think she just uh, was just being led by the Lord. Let's be honest. And I was like, yes, actually, I need a lot help. <laughs> like, if send a life raft. If it's the same Tiffany I'm thinking of, I am definitely a huge follower of the Covered by Ministry, Covered by God Ministry. Yes. If it's Tiffany the same Montgomery. Tiffany. Yes. Yes. She's phenomenal. Huge blessing in my life. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she's the real deal as well. Mm-hmm. She's a real prophet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember just like, you know, we got on a FaceTime and like crying on the phone to her. And I'm just like, this person is saying this about me. And that person is saying that that about me. And like, do I need deliverance? Do I have this spirit? You know, and she was like, girl, no, you don't. Like, (laughs) stop. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what's really going on is you're bound to the opinions of people. 
That's mm-hmm. what you need to break off of you. Mm-hmm. It's not that what they're saying is true. It's that you're bound to what they're saying. It's mm-hmm. that you're bound to everybody else's opinion. It's that when they, when what they say contradicts what God says, you start mm-hmm. questioning yourself and God rather than questioning them. That's the Ooh. issue. And so she really, she really got in my business and I needed it. I needed it because I value truth more than anything else. I value truth. I needed to hear the truth. And what she said was, Amanda, you need to beg God. You literally need to plead to God to break this spirit off of you, Mm -hmm. this fear of man. And that's exactly what I did. I, I took her seriously because that's exactly what I needed. And so what I did is I stopped listening to everyone else. I stopped looking at what people on the internet were saying about me. I stopped listening to the voices around me who were had did not have my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I got, got in my prayer closet every single day. I was Amen. praying. I was worshiping. I was fasting. And Amen. I was begging God, literally pleading to him to break the fear of man off of me. And what happened was something that only God can do. It was a spiritual transformation, a breaking off. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that it was instantaneous. I, I want to say it. there was a quite a bit of pressing in. Um, and there were levels as well. Like there was a certain level of breaking off to where it's like, okay, I am free from the opinions of those who are around me. I, I'm feeling strong in that. You know, I'm, I'm no longer concerned with what people on the internet are saying. Mm-hmm. But there was another level of faith and another breaking off that mm-hmm. came with showing up online again and starting over again and mm-hmm. finding the confidence to to do ministry again because I wanted to completely give up on it. I, I wanted to just throw it all away, just throw the whole thing away. Yeah. And I had to learn how to walk again and show up again and not, you know, not post something and delete it because I'm afraid of the backlash. I'm just going to leave it up. And that was another breaking off that the Holy Spirit needed to do in my life. Um and so what I would say is like a, a lot of this has to do with healing and deliverance, yes. um, which I talk about in the competency piece of my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed so desperately for God to fill those voids in my heart that I was looking for people to fill. Um, and so that was one of the major defining moments in my life um, that is helping me to at least steward the women that are in front of me right now. What I love is that you paint a very raw and transparent picture of confidence because I feel as though confidence is a buzzword nowadays. It's it's trending. People are like, oh, be confident, be yourself, like stand up, you know, use, own your voice. But like when it comes to having confidence in Christ and truly defining what confidence is for you, it was a lot more than just affirmations written on a sticky note on my mirror every morning. You know, yeah. it is the the times in your prayer closet. It is the prayer. It is the fasting. It is the surrounding yourself with people who are going to sharpen you in Christ, who are going to uplift you. And so I love that you paint this genuine picture of confidence. And you talk about, as you mentioned, this in the competence section of your book. And so let's just dive in to standing confidence, because I know that everything we talk about is going to come out of this book at some Mm -hmm. point or another. Um, But walk us through the four stages of confidence or the four components components the confidence yes it all means the same thing um so the four components of confidence are four areas in which you can place your confidence in 
So you can put these in anything and find a, a sense of confidence. However, if you put them in Christ, that's when you build a confidence that lasts. And I believe spiritual confidence is the form of confidence that affects every every other form of confidence. Okay. It's the foundation. And so these can transfer to other areas, but when you establish them in Christ, that's when it you can go into any environment and be confident. So the four components of confidence are clarity, connection, competency, and conviction. Clarity is all about knowing who you are because whenever you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Many times when we're lacking clarity on our identity in Christ, we think that our identity is something that we have to discover. I know in my life, I thought I had to just discover my identity as if it wasn't already established. But what I learned was that our identity isn't something that we discover. It's something that God has already established and we just stand on it. Mm -hmm. So our identity is already written in scripture. We are a child of God. We Mm -hmm. are a a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We're God's masterpiece and we're created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned for us long ago. This is our identity. This scripture Mm -hmm. is the foundation of our confidence. We're loved by God. And uh, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So uh, clarity is all about embracing that identity, not discovering it, but embracing Mm -hmm. it, standing on it. And then clarity is also about defining your design. Mm -hmm. You've got to define your design. Um, So many times we lack confidence. And in my life, I've lacked confidence because I only see one mold of what a godly woman should look like or what mm-hmm. I think a woman is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there's so many different standards <laughs> based on who you talk to about who we're supposed to be. I Absolutely. mean, like one magazine's going to say, you got to be skinny. You know, mm-hmm. one website's going to say, you got to be thick. Mm-hmm. One website says, you know, you know, you got to be a praying woman. You know, like it's just, Everybody has a different standard. And if you don't know how God designed you, then you're going to think that something's wrong with you and try to be someone else. And so Mm -hmm. defining your design is all about partnering with God and learning how he designed you so that you can do that confidently and not feel the pressure to be anyone else. So that's clarity. Connection is all about your connection with God and your connection with others because your relationship with the Lord is the one relationship that affects every other relationship. In my experience, I used to pick my people poorly. Mm. I would pick my people based on who I think I can get. You know, I didn't even pick female friends based on if I liked them. I just, you know, I'm like, will you just be my friend? You know, no standards whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with my romantic relationships. And so I, what I've learned is when we can tune our ears to the voice of God and hear the voice of God for ourselves, he will direct us on who's right for us and who's wrong for us. Um, So it's foundational that we first learn how to hear the voice of God. So in this section, I I teach a lot about hearing the voice of God as well as picking your people with God. Amen. And then the competency piece. I mean, the more competent you are, the more confident you are. Mm -hmm. Like point blank. The more reps you get in, the better you're going to feel about it. Like I Mm -hmm. am fairly confident as a you know a podcaster or a video creator because I've been doing it since 2013 you know yeah. like I've been doing that I got my reps in however what 
if we want to build a competency that exceeds any environment, that's not just circumstantial to that environment, Mm -hmm. then this is all about expanding our capacity for whatever God brings our way and then sharpening our ability. But what are we expanding and what are we sharpening? Amen. So in order to expand our capacity, if you think about the analogy I I gave about the bucket and the holes Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the bucket, if there's something that's draining your confidence, you have to figure out or draining your capacity. You have to figure out what that is and clog the drain so that Mm -hmm. you can retain, you can receive, retain, and then multiply it because that's what God wants us to do is to multiply the good he gives us. And so a lot of times the holes at the bottom of this bucket is unhealed wounds Mm -hmm. and some spiritual deliverance. Mm -hmm. And and, in standing confidence, I talk a lot about um, how to go to God to heal your wounds in a very practical way, as well as um, getting delivered, how to find deliverance from the fear of man. Because for those who lack confidence, that's the number one spirit that will try and attach itself, that will keep women from their God-given calling. Um, And then when it comes to sharpening your ability, this is all about renewing your mind. You have Mm -hmm. to sharpen your ability to renew your mind because that's going to permeate any environment. If you know how to think, you'll know how to live. But many times we haven't reprogrammed our mind to have the mind of Christ. The scripture says we have the mind of Christ, but we have to come into agreement with it in a very practical way. And so through the reclaim your confidence framework, I talk about how you can practically renew your mind. And then the final component of confidence is conviction. Because none of this matters. (laughs) None of this matters if we don't have a big why that's driving us, if we don't have a big goal that's so much more important than ourselves Mm -hmm. like i mean it's pretty covered by makeup right now but oh my goodness i had a huge zit on my face yesterday and i still had podcast interviews but i had a certain level of conviction that what i have to say is far more important than how i look absolutely so i think Mm -hmm. that insecurities will arise fear will arise and it's not our goal to never feel fear or to never feel insecure. That's that's not even realistic. Mm-hmm. But we need to have a conviction greater than our fear that helps us to face our fears. We need a conviction that's greater than our insecurities to help us override our insecurities. And so there are many times where I feel insecure, but it's overridden by the great level of responsibility I have. And so Conviction is all about knowing your responsibility, your God-given responsibility, and then standing in your authority. Um, And so whenever these four components of confidence are placed in Christ, that's when you build the confidence that lasts. Amen. Amen. First off, thank you so much for going through the four components to confidence. I want to dive into each just a little bit because there were some huge points like design your your life or design your confidence was definitely my favorite, but that's in mm-hmm. connection. So I just want to go through each of them because there were some components that really stood out to me. Um, but first off, in clarity, you talk about the power of your finding your purpose versus your calling. And mm. so what I love is in the book that you actually said, we all share the same purpose to bring glory to God. However, we each have a different calling that we're designed to accomplish. You mm-hmm. said that your purpose is your what and your calling is your how. Before we dive into this, I'm curious, Amanda, what is your purpose and what Mm -hmm. is your calling? Yes. 
So the thing is, when it comes to these word purpose and calling, they're not, you're not going to find them a ton in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so what we've done in our modern day and age is we've ascribed meaning to them. And if we're going to ascribe meaning to them, let's let's make some distinctions because um, a lot of people are lumping the two together. So mm-hmm. when it comes to your purpose, our purpose is to bring God glory. Amen. Our purpose is to make disciples. You know, Amen. our purpose Amen. is the Great Commission. And we're all called to do that. And I think the issue with not finding your calling is that we'll assume that, oh my goodness, I am totally doing everything I'm supposed to do because, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I talk about Jesus and we'll assume that it stops there. Yeah. Um, Or we'll assume that it's something cookie cutter, but your calling is determined by your design. Mm-hmm. One of the things I talk in the book, uh, talk about in the book is an analogy of uh, of utensils. And so yes. if you would <laughs> indulge me, okay? I got you, girl. All right. So imagine you have an incredible plate of food in front of you, your favorite food. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Let's go. Okay. All right. But there's a problem. You have nothing to eat it with. What are you going to go grab? Fork first. First thought, fork. Fork. Okay. Now, what if I told you uh, that this utensil is sharp and helps you to cut things and you would think of a knife? If I told you that this utensil is round and helps you to scoop things, you would think of a spoon. Spoon. Now, all of the the utensils have the same purpose to help you eat this food that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. However, they all have a different calling. And their calling mm-hmm. is determined by their design. Amen. So a fork is called to help you, you know, pick up foods and stab it. A spoon is called to help you scoop foods and slurp them, you know. A mm-hmm. knife is called to help you cut foods. And this is the same concept that is at work within the body of Christ. We all have the same purpose to bring God glory. But how we do that is determined by our design. It's determined by the way that God has shaped us. And so uh, many times what happens is that we see a lot of spoons around us and God has really designed us as an ice cream scoop. And so Mm. we're over here in ice cream scoop trying to do spoon things. So we're we're an ice cream scoop trying to scoop cereal, trying to scoop soup. (laughs) And we're wondering why, oh, it's kind of working. It's functional, but it's really not optimal. Mm hmm. And what we need to do is define our design, because whenever you define your design, then you'll know what you're called to do. There are a lot of things Mm -hmm. that spoons can do better than ice cream scoops. But there is no other utensil on this God-given earth that is more, uh, what's the word, optimal at scooping ice cream than an ice cream scoop. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, defining your design is all about finding how God has designed you so that you stop doing what's functional and start Mm -hmm. doing what's optimal. Um, And so, yes, I have had to go on a journey of learning the way that God designed me so that I feel the freedom to fully walk in it and not feel the pressure to be anyone. 
Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. I love that you, uh, in defining your design, you created your own analogy for design, and it was desires, exposure, spiritual gifts, individuality, genius, and network. And so in diving into these elements, um, you can truly understand who you were designed as God's masterpiece. I also love that you dive into Ephesians throughout this book, and Ephesians is one of my favorite chapters. Um, but truly understanding that we are God's masterpiece under- means that under- means you need to understand your design. Yes. And so when it comes to you know, understanding your desires or your spiritual gifts or what you're exposed to or your individuality, your genius and your network, how has defining your design played into strengthening your confidence, your self-confidence, not necessarily confidence in Christ yet, but your Mm self-confidence? Yeah. So in my own life, um, there was a time in my life where I went to the Lord and asked him what he's called me to do and, and, and how he, um, I guess identifies me. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of the things he told me one was that I'm his treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had not ever searched the scriptures about the word treasure, but then after that, I found it all throughout scripture, you know, Mm -hmm. like we are God's prized possession. And there are scriptures in the Bible that refers to the people of God as his treasure. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that that was so beautiful that I didn't know that. And and he affirmed that. And then the next thing that he told me was that I was called to preach, called to pray and called to prophesy. And I was a little intimidated by that at first. (laughs) Because sounds terrifying. Yes, because <laughs> I had not been actively preaching during the time. I, I want to say this was 2017 okay. when he told me this. Um, I did not walk in my prophetic gift at all. I did not know I had it until he told me. Amen. Um, and then I was like, everybody's called to pray. Come on, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? But I took him at his word. Okay. Especially because this was at a time where I had had my son and uh, he was maybe a year old or so. And I started to just feel like I had lost my sense of identity. I had lost my sense of self. I feel like I'm just a mom. I'm a milk machine. You know, I was a stay at home mom and I didn't have a vehicle. You know, we had one car. So like Michael's, you know, my, Michael's mm-hmm. my husband. Michael's going to drive to his work and I don't see him till he comes home. I have cabin fever. I have postpartum depression and I'm a stay at home mom. I mean, I, there are only so many walks you can go on. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it was a lot. And so I, I started to lose my sense of self, especially because I got married so young. It's like, I got married at 20, had my first Mm -hmm. kid. I want to say 22 or yeah, I think I had my first kid at 22. And so I never even experienced walking into like womanhood on my own and discovering who I am. And so I needed to hear that from God. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that. So I clung to it and I took him at his word. 
So what that did is it didn't change my circumstances. I was still a stay-at-home mom, still only had one vehicle. And but what it did is it gave me a sense of design. Mm-hmm. And that gave me something to do. And so what I did was I would still go on walks, but whenever I'm going on walks, what I'm doing is I'm walking around this neighborhood. I'm praying over the neighborhood. Amen. I'm prophesying over the neighborhood. I'm speaking tongues over the neighborhood. I'm worshiping mm-hmm. over the neighborhood. And I am saying, I, this is going to be God's dominion. Amen. And I felt as if I am doing something here. Um, and not not too long after that, I, I began preaching. Um, and I did it with a greater level of conviction because I knew God told me this. It's yep. something he told me I made to do. And so that is a major way in which learning my design has helped me to walk out my calling. I love it. And it's so interesting that you said that first you had to understand that you were God's treasure, because Mm -hmm. as I was preparing for this interview, the Lord led me to look up your name. I'm big on names. Mm -hmm. The Lord is just the definition of our names means so much more like we were he knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He yeah. named us before we even came into this world. But just looking up your name, it was like, Amanda means gift from God. Mm. And then Michael means who is like God. Mm. And so to know that your name means that you are a gift from God or that you are worthy of God and knowing that God is love, that you are worthy of love, hearing mm. your story and watch it come full circle from how yeah. you allowed a relationship of love to you know, become toxic and make you question love to now you have been blessed with this man who was helping you redefine love on different terms. Yeah. And you are now diving into the love of Christ and yes. for understanding God's love. It's just knowing that from the very beginning, you were always his gift. Even mm-hmm. before you came into this world, you were his gift. Mm. And he placed you with someone who was like him because again, mm. Michael means who was like God. So wow. it's also divine. So oh. I love that's that so you, prophetic. That's I beautiful. love that you identified that. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I, I think whenever I uh, learned the meaning of my name, um, and I think the the first one that I saw was uh, worthy of love, and you yeah. talked about that. Um, I think for me that was so eye opening because that was where so much of my self worth and confidence had been shattered was not believing that I'm worthy of love. Mm. And to see God bring that full circle, I never made the connection of, you know, someone who is like God, right, Mm -hmm. to redefine that for me because Michael's love is the closest love to the love of God that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And and it was his love that helped me to renew my mind about love. Um, Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, no, of course. It was a blessing for me. I was like, oh, wow, Lord, that's amazing. Like, look at her story. It's all full circle. So knowing that you connected with Michael and Michael kind of revealed a different standard of love for you. I want to jump into connection, Mm -hmm. um, the second component of confidence and how in connection you defined uh, spiritual connection versus spiritual confidence. What is the difference between spiritual connection and spiritual confidence? Hmm. I don't remember talking about spiritual connection. So like I have right here, those who are con- who are spiritually confident, I'm on page 80 and 81. Okay. So 
spiritual confidence changes everything. Those who uh-huh. are spiritually confident are referred to as anointed or powerful because of their authority and influence. Mm-hmm. And while many assume this influence comes from a higher degree of spiritual verification, the real thing only comes through a deeper degree of spiritual connection. Got it. I got what you're talking about. Okay. okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. All right. So here's my perspective on that. Okay. Many times we'll look at people and we'll say, I want to be like that person. I think Tiffany is a great example. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see her, she's walking in this calling of God. Like she's a prophet. So she hears from God, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's traveling the world and doing all of these things. And so many times when we lack spiritual confidence, that is fertile ground to cling to a human being. You know, like, okay, and and Tiffany does a really good job of saying, I'm not God. She yeah. does a phenomenal yeah. job. But there are people who do not do a good job of that. Yes. And they will love to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. They will take all of it and they will pretend to be God for somebody else. And so what happens is we see the anointing, the favor, the giftedness on somebody else's life. And we'll assume that they have greater access to God than we do. We won't mm. think it cognitively and we won't let that escape our mouths because we know that that's not the way it is. But yeah. That's what we truly believe subconsciously. We truly believe, uh, I don't got it like that. They have this relationship with the Lord. They have this access with the Lord. And spiritual confidence comes from a deep spiritual connection. But the thing is, we have to understand that it's already ours in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like the access already belongs to us. A lot of times we think, oh, I need to get holier. Do you know that Christ is your righteousness? Amen. No, like, Mm -hmm. do you know that he already did it for you? Many times we think, you know, we got to just spend all this time with God. Yes, you do need to spend time with God. Don't get me wrong. However, you also have to understand the Holy Spirit indwells you. You don't have to tarry for something that you already have. He's a gift that lives inside of you. Mm -hmm. So you have access. And many times we think we have less access than those who are in the Old Testament. You know, Moses had the burning bush and, you know, (laughs) Elijah called fire down from heaven. But what you don't understand is that these people had momentary encounters with God but we get to walk with him on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. We don't have less access than them. We have more access. And what happens is when you have something that you have so much access to, it's easy to take it for granted, Mm -hmm. especially if you didn't pay the price for it. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to the people in the Old Testament, and I've never said this before, but they had to pay the price for their sin in a major way. They had to sacrifice animals. Oh, my gosh. Splatter the blood here. Wipe it on the horns. Wipe it on your big toe. Like Mm -hmm. blood everywhere. (laughs) You had to do all of that. If you don't have a chicken, you need a dove or whatever it is. You know, like I don't know all the animals, but they had to do that. And I think they had a greater understanding Mm -hmm. of paying the price for something. So the, the presence of God became so precious to them, but we have not paid the price for our sin. We may count the cost for our calling, but we have not paid the price for our sin and for our forgiveness and for our freedom. And we haven't, this Holy Spirit that indwells us is a gift that has been given to us. And so rather than taking it for granted and assuming we have less access, we need to say, Thank you, Lord, that I can boldly approach the throne throne of grace. And I am, I don't, I don't, I'm not an orphan, but I have a spirit of adoption and I can, I can approach the throne and call you Abba Father. And whenever I, uh, whenever I researched that about Abba Father, I I used to think Abba meant daddy, like daddy God. And uh, it's a lot less like a child saying daddy. 
And the connotation of Abba is a, is a lot more like an adult child approaching their adult parent. And in the context okay. of receiving their inheritance. And so whenever we call out Abba Father, it's not, oh, I'm just this little, little wormy and yeah. daddy come save me. It's like, no, you've already been saved. You've yeah. already been a redeemed. You've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. You have authority in him. Mm-hmm. You've been seated at the right hand of the father and in him, you have your inheritance. So when you approach him, you don't approach him like some slave or, you know, Lord, please, you know, no, you approach him like an adult child approaching their adult parent yeah. and saying, yes, I understand that this belongs to me as well. Mm-hmm. It's not a spirit of entitlement, but it is confidence. Yes. It is confidence understanding this belongs to me. And so, yes, this spiritual connection is all about knowing who you are in Christ, knowing the access that you have, and then actually acting on that access, not letting it sit dormant and you taking it for granted, but actually listening to the voice of God and being led by him because this is probably the greatest part of your inheritance is his presence. And so leaning into that is a huge piece of it. Girl, girl, you are powerful. Oh, powerful. I am just, I'm sitting and listening and I am receiving because I know that this conversation is going to be a blessing to those who hear, but this is a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. Like just in how I need to step up how I approach God. Like instead Mm. of stepping it up in a childlike mindset, even though we were supposed to approach Christ as his children, but really approaching him as like that adult child, like there is that difference. And I never made that connection. Mm -hmm. And so I am just, I am so blessed by this. Thank you so much for sharing that. But yes, yes yes Yes. to all of it. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely, girl. And I I needed to make that shift as well. Um, There was a time where I was in a Bible study Mm-hmm. And I want to say we were studying Galatians. I think it was Galatians. And there was a scripture talking about how we have been set free from sin. And somebody asked the question, so does that mean that we're not sinners? And I just jumped in so mm-hmm. fast from the mentality that I was at that time. And I was like, oh, no, we're all sinners. The scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are sinners. We're born into sin. Um, and to think that you could have a sinless life is is just not true. You know, like the scripture says that, you know, if anyone says that I have not sinned, they're a liar. So that was my argument. But what I didn't realize was that that was partially true, but it was incomplete. Mm. And the Holy Spirit, after I went home, I I, I started to study that because I was such a striking question to me because I had, I was leading the Bible study at this point, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I know this. And the Holy Spirit really checked me and renew my mind in this area because our previous identity pre-Christ is Mm -hmm. sinner born into sin. Mm -hmm. However, through the sacrifice of Jesus, we're no longer called sinners, but instead called saints. Mm. God no longer looks at us and sees our sin. When God looks at us, he sees Christ's righteousness. Amen. And so while all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And while it is true that if anyone says that they haven't sinned, that they are a liar, that is true. However, it is also true that you are identified by Christ's righteousness and you should not identify as a sinner, but instead identify as a saint. And that was a huge mindset shift for me because Mm -hmm. there's a difference between your behavior shaping 
your perception of self, your behavior, mm-hmm. uh, working to attain a place of identity versus serving God from a place of identity. And it's kind of like a smoker, you know, if somebody yeah. is trying to give up smoking, but they're like, I'm a smoker, then a smoker is all they'll ever be, yeah. you know, or if they say I'm trying to quit smoking, I'm a smoker who's trying to quit smoking. They're going to keep smoking because they're, they're, they're prophesying it with their mouth. I'm a smoker. Mm-hmm. However, if you're saying I am no longer a smoker, then mm-hmm. out of who you, f- who you are flows, what you do, you'll mm-hmm. say, I'm not going to do that because I'm not a smoker. And so when, we, if we identify with our sin yep. and you say, you know, I do struggle with lust, I'm just lustful or whatever it may be, then you're going to say, oh, I'm trying to overcome the spirit of lust. I'm trying to overcome mm-hmm. this sin struggle. Then you're always going to identify with your sin. And you're going to come back to it because you think that's who you are. But mm. if instead you say, I have been set free from sin and I will no longer be bound to the yoke of slavery. I'm no longer a sinner. I am so no longer good. lustful. I am a saint. Then you're going to say, the thing is, when you know who you are, you also know who you aren't. Yes. So mm-hmm. if I'm a child of God, I am not lustful. I am not this sinner. I am not this dirty rag. But mm-hmm. instead, I am identified by the righteousness of God and I'm going to act like it. And so uh, having that mindset shift of, who I am flows from my identity, my actions, my behaviors flow from my beliefs. Oh my goodness, completely shifted my life. And I want more women to understand that. Oh my gosh. I want more women to understand that, which is why you are here, which is why, (laughs) which is why you are here, which is why we have standing confidence, which is why we have confident women co, which is Mm -hmm. why we are all, really tapping into that power and authority that we have already been given through Christ, given through Christ. You already Um, have it. We already have it. And that is the title of this episode. You (laughs) already have it. Because you already have it. Yes. That's it right there. It's a vibe. You already have it. Right there. Oh my gosh. Amanda, I could literally sit here and talk to you all day long. I could literally Mm -hmm. dive into all of the highlights and dog ears and dog tags Mm -hmm. that I have in this book and really just dive into them. Um, And I am just so blessed by this conversation. I'm so blessed by your time, your obedience, and just the willingness you have to put this out there so that other women can know that they already have it. They already have the confidence. They already have the clarity. They already have the connection. They already have the competency. They are already in a position to stand in confidence when it comes to every area of their life, as long as they are living according to Christ. So thank you so much for all that you are doing. How can people find you? Yeah, so you can go to uh, just pretty much type in Amanda Pittman anywhere. So my website, my website is amandaapittman.com. Side note, people assume that my middle name starts with an A. It does not. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole side story on that. Um, but, you know, amandaapittman.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram, amandaapittman. If you type Amanda Pittman into TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you'll find me. Um, and my book, Standing Confidence, you can find it on Amazon, Christian Book, Mardell, and um, – Barnes and Noble. So you can find it there. And um, I really pray that it blesses you. And I also have mm-hmm. a confidence quiz. And I'm really excited about it because there are a lot of people who are going to be listening thinking, well, which component of confidence do I need to grow in? Mm-hmm. I created a quiz for you. So if you go to amandaapitman.com slash quiz, okay. you can take that quiz. 
and it will tell you which component of confidence you need to hone in on establishing to have rock solid confidence. All right, guys, amandaapittman.com slash quiz. I'm going to drop all the links in the show notes. I'm writing stuff down now. All the links are going to be down below in the show notes, the description. So regardless of where you're listening, check out that description. Make sure you go and purchase Stand in Confidence. When I tell you this book has blessed my life, I am literally going to, I don't read that much, y'all. Like I don't read that much, but this book, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't put this down. And I I just want to keep going through it because it is, as we mentioned, a guide. It is a Mm -hmm. guide, not just for confidence. So if you're somebody that's like, girl, I don't need confidence. Why would this conversation is not relevant? I'm telling you, this guide is going to help you sharpen your relationship with Christ like so Mm -hmm. much deeper, so much deeper. So Amanda, before you leave, I have two questions that I close or I'm sorry, three questions that I close every interview out with. Um, And you can just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. So number one, what does it mean to be about your father's business? Mm. I'm reminded of the parable of the talents. So with the final mm, servant Mm -hmm. who was given the talents, they hid it in the ground and they did not anticipate their master's return. Mm -hmm. Even though he knew he was a harsh master, he didn't anticipate his master's return. And so whenever the master returned and he had not multiplied what the master mm-hmm. had given him, he wasn't found ready. Ooh. So when I think about being about the father's business, not only are you receiving what God has given you, but you're also retaining it and you're multiplying it. Mm, that was for me. Got it. Heard, Lord. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> Heard. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yep, there it is. Got it. Um, question two. Um, I am in a journey of gratitude. Uh, I have started a podcast and I'm writing a book right now called Dear God, I'm Grateful. And so mm-hmm. I am curious, what is the number one thing that you are grateful for in your life in this season? Mm. In this season, I'm really grateful for the felt presence of God. Because mm-hmm. there are seasons in which I have to trust the God that I know and the mm-hmm. God that I've experienced, but I don't feel him as much. And I would say over the past like week or so, I have just had this like such, I guess, abundant mm-hmm. uh, experience of his presence. And I, I value that so much because it's just not always yeah. a given. You know, we always have yeah. access to him, but we don't always have a guarantee that we're going to feel it. Let's yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now in the season, I'm really grateful for the felt presence of God. It's so sweet. Amen. All right. Now our final question that we end every interview with, as you know, iron wifey is derived from Proverbs 27, 17, which states that as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. Our motto is as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. So mm-hmm. Amanda Pittman, how are you sharpening the women in your life? Hmm. <laughs> when I think about uh, the women that are closest to me, what I always find myself doing is just reminding them of who they are. Many times they will lose sight of it. They may lose their uh, edge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll be over here, girl, don't you forget that you're, you're still sharp. Don't mm-hmm. you forget you can still cut. Mm-hmm. And I guess my sharpening is just reminding you who you are. Like, this is who you're called to be. And anytime you're acting outside of that, out, acting outside of the way that God designed you, out, a- acting outside of your identity, don't forget 
Mm-hmm. You got it, girl. Like, don't forget that you have the sauce. Don't forget that you are called and anointed and favored. Don't you forget. And um, I would say that that is, I guess, a, a gift that I'm giving in this season. Um, and pretty much every season, I feel like that's kind of the way that God designed me. I, I will not let those around me forget who they are. <laughs> Amen. Man, well, it is a gift that you are giving. You being Amanda, you are a gift from God, truly. Thank you so much. All right, guys, wasn't that episode fire? Wasn't it fire? When I tell you this book is a game changer, I mean this book is a game changer. And from her four components of confidence, from clarity, connection, competency, and conviction, we didn't even get to the last two components. But I do highly encourage you to go and check out this book. It is truly a game changer. It is truly a blessing in my life. And honestly, like I I was telling her, I'm only halfway through the book and I'm just, I am in awe of this guide. Like, the book is called Standing Confidence from Seeking from Sinking and in Insecurity to Rising in Your God-Given Identity. And I know just personally how it has helped me when it comes to identifying some of the things in my life that I struggle with, like comparison or like having that cracked foundation that Amanda talked about or like um, competency and really just allowing us to understand that we already have what we need. Like God has already spoken it. It's already ours. It Honestly, like it's already ours. Confidence is already ours. What we are seeking in life is already ours. And so this book is just a beautiful testament to Amanda's obedience and to the just reminder that the Lord is sending us when it comes to building our confidence or standing <laughs> standing in confidence. And so that does conclude this episode of the Iron Wifey podcast. Loves, please continue to sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. Go out there, apply the word of God to your life, allow it to build up your confidence. And I'll catch you guys next week in another episode of the Iron Wifey podcast. Bye.